and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, recently I was thinking about the idea someone was sharing with me they want to have a makeover. They need a new look. They don't like how they've been presenting themselves. They don't love how how they're feeling right now in their own skin. They want to have a makeover. And I thought, you know, it's not an uncommon thing to talk about the idea, especially for women, of a makeover. Sometimes there's also a makeover of your space. You're not loving the design, or your, your, the feel you have in the space you're living in. You want to redesign. And I was thinking about the fact that Another aspect where we should be putting our effort in from time to time is doing what I would call a mind makeover, because we our mind is with us all the time, right? The way we think about what's going on in our life, the attitude that I have, the perspective I take make all the difference. Is there joy in my life or am I miserable? Am I seeing positive things or am I focusing on the negative? So I was love the idea of this concept of having a mind makeover. The question is, how would you guide us into, if someone recognizes, you know what, it's time I do a mind makeover, what would be the steps you would say and guidance in terms of how one would go about that? Excellent question. The key to it all is our speech. You know, it says that God created the world through words. And, you know, the Torah doesn't simply tell us stories for theological reasons to understand something about God and the way he creates worlds, but actually as a guidance on how one creates a world. And the way you create a world is by what you talk about. And, you know, it's very hard to control what we think about, but we can control what we talk about. And what we talk about really creates the world we're in. And it all starts with the speech. All starts with the speech. And so, you know, it's, um, you know, one of the things I try to do, I'm not always great at it, but I try to talk about positive things. If I see something negative, then why point it out? You know, you're walking down the street, you see this, you know, this dirty, this dirty looking little dog. You say, oh, look at that little dirty looking dog. Why? What for? Why, why point out and bring more to the, the foreground let that little dirty dog, you know, go into the background and talk about what's positive. Talk about what's beautiful. Not that we're in denial of what's not, but, you know, especially now in the midst of this dreadful war that's going on, that's so, so painful. You know, I mentioned to my wife on, at the Shabbos table, all we talk about is the war. Do we not get a break? It's not like I, we don't care, but, but sometimes it, 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 it just, it's so overwhelming. And, uh, and of course, I'm not saying that we, we should not talk about it, but I think we need to be very careful with how we budget our words because our words are creating the mindset that we're in. Mm. So that was actually going to be my question because I, I could see how it can go both ways. You're saying the words create the mindset that we're in, which is true. But to some degree, our mindset creates the words that come out. If we're not careful about filtering what we say, anytime I say something, it's a reflection of a thought that I have. So I agree 100% that we have more control over what we say than sometimes the thoughts that pop into our mind, at least initially. Um, but this question of what comes first, because it, my speech often is a reflection of the way I'm thinking. That's right. And, 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 that, and you can, can take control of that and start talking differently. Mm. But it's about where, where do you have the best, you know, um, management of, of your life and your perspective? It's, it's really in, in our speeches. Thoughts are dropping into our heads all the time. And I understand that a very large percentage of those thoughts are negative thoughts. 
And so if we give those negative thoughts words, we give them even more power in our life and we give them even more of a concrete presence in our day. Uh, if we have these negative thoughts, maybe sometimes we have to talk about it. You know, Rav Cook has a, there's a teaching in the Talmud, and I think we once shared this before. There's a teaching in the Talmud that says, don't open up your mouth to the Satan, which sounds very superstitious, like don't say that because the Satan is listening. You know, Rav Cook says, no, what it means is that you can kind of um, give, uh, create a kind of satanical power by opening your mouth and speaking in, the, in, in a way that acknowledges that stuff. Hmm. In other words, sometimes, yes, it's true, you go to therapy and you want to talk it out. But sometimes you talk too much and you talk it in. And, uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, sometimes when I have like a difficult day uh, and I come home and I start talking about it, I get more upset about it because I, I make it even more real and I start internalizing it and I take it more seriously. And I realize that sometimes it's better not to talk about it and just forget about it, you know? Now, I'm not saying don't talk about it, but I think a person needs to know whether what they're saying is helping them or hurting them, whether it's giving them a, ability to be in a mindset that is productive or not productive. And I heard a good advice from somebody that said, whenever you have a, a negative thought, ask yourself, is this useful? And that's one of the ways to kind of neutralize the thought. It's kind of like thoughts are like, it can be explosive and you need to neutralize it before it starts getting, you know, uh, destructive. And um, so it's about talking and, and, and pointing out the positive, talking about the positive, being thankful. But... Uh, we create our world just like God created the world with words. We create our world with the words that we use. And yes, we will be bombarded by thoughts. But if we're trying to get to a mind makeover, it's not starting with what you think. It's starting with what you say. Hmm. That's a very powerful and practical place to start. And I'm thinking just like the idea of a makeover, it's not going to happen through being passive. You have to just make a decision. This is what you want. And then you have to actively take steps to make changes. And I think the important thing about making the mind's decision of saying, I want a mind makeover is that it has to be conscious because otherwise one of the things I'm thinking is so often, how often do people say things? And then we out before we even thought about it, or we didn't even think about the fact, I didn't think about the fact that the speech I had was very negative, critical, complaining, whatever it is on that scale, that's creating the the atmosphere I want to be changing here. So first, that first decision of I want a mind makeover, the rabbi giving us a place to start is I'm going to start by being careful with what I say. Realize we have to be active in this, not just passive or nothing's going to change. Look, you know, I, I, um, I was uh, at the hospital uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was checking with the secretary about a, an appointment. And I saw on the shelf a book that said, Ain od milvadel, there's nothing but God, which is something that I'm very uh, interested in and very much a very a theme of the things that I teach. And so I said, oh, this looks like a great book. So I started taking a picture of the book and the secretary said, you want it? I said, what do you mean? She said, somebody left it here a long time ago. And, and if for somebody in that, somebody never came for it. And, and it's, it's just here. So take it. 
So I said, oh, wow, this is from God. And what, what this is, is, is a book of somebody that collected all the sources of Judaism that addressed the question of individual providence, like how much is God in our lives? Wow. And there's a very, very famous story about Rabbi Akiva, who uh, was traveling and he got to a city and the city was not welcoming him to stay in his city. So he had to stay in the forest outside of the city, uh, outside of its gates and walls. And Rabbi Akiva would say, Kol Avid Rahmana Latav Avid. Everything, they be, they are, our lover, Rahmana is a reference of God, but it comes from the word, the compassionate one, the one who loves us, our beloved, our, our, our lover, actually. The, you know, whatever our lover does is always in our best interest. And uh, so he's sleeping out there outside in the forest. And what happens is his... Um, he has, he has a chicken and he has a donkey and uh, and something. I can't remember the exact details, but uh, but a, a beast, you know, eats his donkey and a beast eats his chicken and everything that happened negatively says everything that happens is for a good reason. And then he finds out that the city that he was hoping to sleep in got raided by some army or something. And he realized that what appeared to be something very negative was how his life was saved. And the teaching from this Talmud is a person should regularly say, call the Avid Rahmana, Latav Avid. Everything that Rahmana, the one who is compassionate, the one who loves us, does is always in our best interest. And it's something that we should say over and over again. And that's one of the things I try to do. If I'm walking down the street and I've got, you know, my mind is just going, you know, in a million directions. So I just start saying this like a mantra, call the Avid Rahmana, Latav Avid. You know, or I take verses like um, God is good to all and his unconditional love is towards everybody. And I and these are mantras. These verses are not meant to be simply something you read. There's something that you should meditate, contemplate, inter- internalize. They should become the repeated slogans of your life. Mm-hmm. And that changes your mind. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy change, you know, uh, but one of the things I, I notice is if you want to keep the change, it's got to be small change. And when people try to do big changes, they re- generally just get despaired and they give up. If a person would just say, I'm going to make a small change towards a mind makeover. I'm not looking for something huge. I'm looking for something small to do. Like uh, one of my children started a diet. And the beginning of the diet was just this rule. Before you eat, drink a big glass of water, you know, and it's making a huge difference. It's a small thing to do, you know, but just remember yourself before you have a meal, drink a big glass of water because you won't be as hungry. And, uh, you know, but a person says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Let's start small, small change. Keep the change. Hmm. What's actually very powerful about the idea of picking a slogan is, especially when you're making a conscious mind makeover, part of what we want to assess in any kind of makeover is what needs to be changed. And so let's say if I'm part of what I want to change is focusing on the positive, then having that slogan that I'm going to be repeating to myself on a regular basis, it seems like it's almost training my mind to be focused on the positive by repeating that slogan. And I almost would say it's like a filter, the way the example you gave of Rabbi Akiva, he had this filter where everything he filtered, what he saw was filtered through somehow this is good. You know, this is somehow this is for the best and there's something good in this. And even when it seemed bad, because that was the filter he was processing everything through, even when he couldn't see it immediately, 
it was a mind space that he approached everything, even things that seemed bad. And then he actually was able to see the good. So it almost like idea of your, what you're sharing here is picking some sort of a slogan that's representative of the change that I want to make in my mind space and repeating it regularly. It sounds like a very powerful way to start to integrate that. Yeah, you know, they call it affirmations. And uh, it's not something new and it's not something unique to just Judaism. But it is is something that we can take some control of our minds by taking control of our mouths and just being careful about what we say and being careful what we don't say and be careful what we repeat and what becomes our hashtags, you know, what becomes our, 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 our repetitive lines. And, you know, like when, you know, you ask a person, how are you? Can't complain. I think that's a terrible thing to say. (laughs) Can't complain. Why not say, thank God, you know, can't complain means like, uh, you know, it could be good, but I can't complain. You know, I, I don't think it's the most positive way to talk about things, but it's not uncommon that people say, how you doing? Can't complain. Mm-hmm. Why not say can thank, <laughs> can praise, you know, but uh, it, and, and we don't realize that we have these phraseologies that are are, are not really, um, you know, how you doing today? Okay. Why not say great? Well, because it's not true. Well, maybe it'll become true if you say great. Things are going great. You know, oh, you're lying. No, because from God's point of view, things actually are going great. It's you just haven't really aligned yourself with his point of view yet. Mm. So, but um, you want to you want to talk a talk that helps you, keeps you up. And, um, and, 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 you know, like, if if I'm taking a walk, you know, for some exercise, so what I do is I I thank my creator for every part of my body. I, I say thank you for my toes, and thank you for my heels, and thank you for my ankles. And I just I just literally scan my entire body and I throw some gratitude into that into that limb or into that into that artery or into you know and and just practice saying thank you but specific thank you and that would i i think it's a small change that can make a big difference and something that's easy to keep Hmm. you know what i like about what you're sharing because one of the things i was thinking about is that sometimes we are aware of where we need to make this makeover and sometimes we're not always aware um, about the language we're using about how it can come off maybe as being so negative and i don't necessarily realize that that i'm doing it but what you're talking about in terms of picking something positive to change is even if I'm not aware that, let's say, maybe I tend to use a lot of negatives and negative language and put downs. But if in my mind, I'm saying, as my mind makeover, I want to be a more grateful person, I want to, which will also obviously be grateful, you're focusing on the positives, then even if I'm not fully aware of how negative I am, I'm making a proactive conscious effort to do something to focus on the positive, to focus on what I'm grateful for. And then I'd imagine that that will actually then have a counter effect to all this negativity that I'm maybe not even generally aware of how negative I can often come off because I say things and don't even realize I said it. I mean, we all do this. So I, that's a very powerful idea to pick something that's a positive, act, proactive form that we're actively working on. And then it doesn't matter if I'm not fully aware of when I'm messing up because I'm actively working on the positive side of it. Yeah, I was working with a youth group a long time ago, and we were on this really beautiful um, hike. And, you know, really stunning views and all this. And so there were some boys sitting there, 
And all they talked about is how lousy the food was, <laughs> you know, like here you are in, in a paradise of God's creating, you know, like it's just flowers and the, and, 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 and the trees and you can hear the birds singing and you've got a babbling brook beside you. And, and what are we talking about? How poor the food is like, it, what, is, what is the point of that? You know, people don't realize that you're creating your world. This is, if that's what you're talking about, that's the world you live in. You know, and people don't realize that, like I mentioned earlier, God created the world through words. And that's instructing us that words create worlds. Hmm. It's so interesting. Then, it's all the same word, word and world. You know, that is very interesting. So in a sense, part of what I have to do, because again, I'm thinking sometimes like, you know, I'm thinking of, that's a good example that happened, but it's. We all, unfortunately, so many of us can do this where you have an opportunity to see so much beauty and have such a lovely day. But if I'm focusing on the part of the day that was bothering me and aggravating me, then it seems like it was an aggravating day. Whereas it's not that the food, maybe maybe the food was bad, but if I was focused more on how wonderful the hike and the beauty and where I was, then I would have felt like it was a great trip. So we, I think so many of us can do this, but that's where, again, that making a decision of what world do I want to live in? So if I want to live on choosing to have a, a, coming back, feeling like I had a great day, then where do I need to focus my mind and my speech, which is what you're sharing here in order to make that happen? Right. In addition, it's, you know, in terms of changing your mind, it also has to do with what are you saying to yourself? Are you, are you speaking critically against yourself or compassionately towards yourself? And, you know, and you want to practice compassionate self-talk. And I say, oh, I'm such an idiot. Well, if you keep saying that, your mind's going to believe you. I mean, why shouldn't it believe you? You know, you keep saying that. And, and how often do we compliment ourselves? We feel uncomfortable saying that. But why, why is that so terrible? You know, uh, if, if, if you do something good, you say, you know what? That, you know, that cake came out really good. You know, and you don't say it to anybody. You just say it to yourself. You know, thank you, God, for helping me make that cake so tasty. How often do we, you know, encourage ourselves? We seem to feel that we have a responsibility to criticize ourselves and don't have the right to compliment ourselves. That's not true. We should, you know, when we, when it's in place to criticize ourselves. But I, I think that we tend to be really way overcritical towards ourselves and, and, and are not compassionate and, and are not, uh, and, and almost rarely will we compliment ourselves and, 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 and say grateful things. And uh, we fill our lives with, with dark words rather than words that lift us up. And because this is so common, I think it's very true for all of us. Some of us are more aware of how self-critical we are. Some of us, we are, and we don't feel great about ourselves, but we're actually not as mindful of all the negative words we're saying to ourselves. But regardless, wherever we're holding, I think everybody would want to be in a better, with this mind makeover in a better space. And the way to be there is to have positive thoughts. And so really, from what you're sharing here is the way to, as you're saying, speak to myself, but that has to be conscious. Maybe I'm not as aware of the negative self-talk I have because I don't always catch it. It's like, could be going on for five minutes before I realize, oh, I'm feeling pretty lousy because I'm talking telling myself how much I messed up. But I wasn't mindful of that fact that that's what I'm, you know, that speech going on in my mind. But what I can do is proactively make the decision in this mind makeover is that I am going to consciously say nice things to myself. And if I could do that consistently, then I will start to create a whole new atmosphere inside of me. Well, you know, I, you know, my recommendation is the next time a person is on their way to, to catch the train, 
So what, what are you doing? You know, what you could do is as you're walking towards the train, it might be like a five minute walk, take an opportunity to say, wow, that's a beautiful flower just to yourself. Mm. Wow. I love that sun. You know, it's so warm on my face. Oh, look at those. Listen to those birds there, you know, and just acknowledge what you're actually encountering with words, Mm. which will make them much more present in your life. And, and, and it's true, you know, when you, when you eat something tasty, you say, mm, this is really tasty. It becomes more tasty when you actually say, mm, this is really tasty. And it becomes even tastier when you say it to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at a restaurant and you, and, you, and, you, and you have your first, you know, fork full of whatever you have. And you go, hmm, this is really delicious. Isn't it, Joe? Yeah, it is. You know, and so we find that praising really helps us feel happier and sharing that praise even feel helps us feel even happier. Wow. Well, this is some very practical tools, not actually necessarily where I was thinking we'd start, but it really does make sense, Rabbi, about how to do the mind makeover and realize we all have this opportunity. So I want to just the mind space of recognizing we could all use a mind makeover and make it very conscious. Think, where would I like to improve and start speaking more in a positive way in the areas, make that commitment to the areas where you'd like to see change and you'll see how it will make a positive effect. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.